Hey everybody, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. This week's episode is called How to Get You Out of the Funk. (laughs) I'm excited to talk about this because it's almost like a epidemic (laughs) of sorts of people just getting stuck in a sort of funk and needing to get out, break free. Let's get into this today, guys. I don't want to delay. I've got a lot to say on the topic. Here we go. In a sense, I sort of do a get you out of your funk Friday (laughs) every week. I don't call it that, but um, every Friday I hop into my Facebook group. It's a free group. Um, But anyway, where I encourage a lot of people who are going through heavy grief um, and I offer coaching in the form of a post where, you know, it's all about trying to get out of your own way, get out of your own headspace, um, all of it. <laughs> and, and just encourage and let people know they're not alone on the terrible journey they're on. And I just, this idea came to me because I see people so focused on what's going wrong in their lives and forgetting about all of the blessings and beautiful things that are going on that they might just be missing um, because they're so caught up on what's not right. Let me give a, an example. I'm, I'm sort of all over the place in my mind right now because there's so many examples of this, but I have a perfect example of something that happened. I think it was two weeks ago. This is so crazy. So I get my groceries home. I almost always, I don't know if you guys do this, but uh, my mom taught me this when I was young and I always do it, is when you buy a dozen eggs, you sort of open it up and just make sure everything can wiggle. (laughs) As long as it can wiggle and it's not stuck, it's probably not cracked and you're good. (laughs) So I get 18, like I don't even buy a dozen eggs anymore because I love eggs so much. I buy them by the 18 pack. (laughs) So I have this humongous thing of eggs. I get home, I put it in the fridge. Like I didn't even really, if I remember correctly, I put it in the refrigerator first and didn't even check it. Then I pull it out of my refrigerator to use it. And not one egg was cracked, but I would say, well, it was an 18 pack and it was probably like 11 of the eggs were broken, more than half. And in that moment, right? So... (laughs) There's so many ways that different people will experience that moment. And how you experience it says a lot about how you deal with life. Because for the moment, like when I first saw it, of course, I think most people, there's that initial impact of like, oh, I just paid for this 18 pack of eggs. I needed all the eggs I could get. And now I've only got a very few to work with. But... I've done so much mindset work on myself now that when I saw it, I immediately counted up the ones that were not broken and then was just super grateful because anybody can return something that you get that's broken, right? You can fix the problem if you need to. But what really mattered to me was like what was still there and was it going to satisfy my immediate need? And my immediate need... I can't even remember, but I I want to say I needed like half a dozen eggs. And if I can remember correctly, I had just what I needed. And I was so grateful. So I took a moment that could have led me down a path of a whole bad day because I was going to spiral on the whole like being wronged and, oh, can you believe it? Like, of course, I should have checked and, oh. (laughs) But instead, I was looking at what I had left that was still really good. And I was so grateful that the whole 18 pack wasn't broken. So I know I'm doing the work and I know it's starting to 
change me at my core. But I see it every day inside my group that people just, they continuously, they wonder why they can't go forward with their grief, why they're so stuck and everybody else seems to be finding a way in a coping method or mechanism. Um, And I really think it's, it's the people who have tweaked that, that mindset enough to be able to look at what's still here, what remains, what were the blessings in it. And I know that sounds crazy to some of you who've been through heavy trauma or grief or any of that. Um, like how the heck do you find a silver lining on, I'm trying to watch my language on a pile of poop, right? Like, how do you do that? (laughs) How do you find a silver lining on everything? Because not everything has a silver lining. And I, I hear these arguments and I, I hear you, trust me. There have been moments in my life where I feel like there is no silver lining and it really feels like just words and get out of my face and I don't want to hear what you have to say. So I understand. But what I can say is that by harnessing that way of looking at life, you'll never feel like life is attacking you, like you're under fire. Because when that thing of eggs was broken. I wasn't blaming. I wasn't wondering who did it or if my kids were too aggressive when we brought in the groceries and slammed it on the floor without realizing there was eggs inside or like none of that went through my head. It was what's left? What do I have to work with? Like, can I still make this happen? And then I can tomorrow I'll handle it. I'll go to the store and let them know. But like, can I do I have enough still? Okay, I'm good. And then I was like purely excited. So the difference between those two mindsets is if you go down the path of like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Like I hear people say that stuff all the time. Like, wow, but what the heck? Like, this is just my luck. This stuff always happens to me. And when you say that stuff and speak it, by the way, you're giving it life. You're giving it energy. And that will continue to be your existence of bad things happening to you all the time. And like all of those words you say, just remember the power in your words. Um, I don't, I don't want to get into a whole book reference right now, but y'all know like if you listen to season one, I talked about it all the time, but there is impact and there is power behind words and thoughts and beliefs and statements. And as soon as you put energy into it, especially when you're coming from a place of anger, that force, and imagine all that energy that's packed behind that. And you're spewing out words that are just gross. (laughs) You're going to get more of that stuff in your life. You know, you sometimes you wonder why like all these things people say, oh, it happens in threes or like, why does it all always happen at once when I'm already like feeling like I'm in a hole, like I just keep getting buried. It's because your mindset keeps you in that spiral. Um, So when the bad things happen and you say like, oh, this crap always happens to me or whatever, uh, then it will. And then you wonder why then you turn around and you step on the avocado that you just set on the floor, um, you know, the bag of vegetables or whatever, and you step on that and now you've wrecked that too. It's like, what? Are you kidding me? I'm trying to really edit my language. But I, because I know I've been in those moments of just pure heated, like, ah, why is it still coming? Sorry to everybody. I just yelled in the mic who might have like earbuds in. But you get where I'm going with this. It's like, Whew, yeah, see, even just thinking about it, that energy's ick. I don't like it. I like getting fired up about the positive stuff. I like putting energy behind what's still right, what's still working, what blessings still exist, you know? So what ended up happening, I used the eggs I needed. I had plenty for what I needed. And then the next morning, I went to the grocery store and said, hey, here's what happened. I've never had this happen before. Like, I don't even know if it was my fault. (laughs) I own my bit. I was like... 
I don't know. I didn't check it at the store, so I'm not sure. And they're like, oh, no, it's no problem. We can return it or whatever. Um, and when I looked back, they didn't just give me my money back for the eggs that were broken. They gave me, like, our grocery store does it, so they give you your money back and then the value of it again. So I got double back, basically. Um, for, your, I don't know, your inconvenience or whatever they <laughs> said. But I was like, whoa. So I ended up making money on a 18 pack of eggs, having what I needed. And it was, in a sense, like, can you see how it wasn't even a bad thing that happened to me? Maybe even a blessing. I just made money <laughs> on broken eggs. It was crazy. But I mean, I think sometimes it's our own making of making a situation that might be bad worse. I'm not saying everything has to be lemons and a lemonade, but like sometimes we take a bad experience, we focus on what went wrong or what didn't feel good with all of our attention, and then we wonder why more of that keeps hitting. And so if you can turn your focus to what's still working, what still feels good and aligned and right, that doesn't happen. Um, and as a matter of fact, then usually more blessings come in. Like in this case, I stayed positive and then I got more blessings coming my way. And uh, I've heard the analogy before of like you stub your toe and it hurts so much that, <laughs> you know, there are times where like your whole focus is on that one toe. Now let's count the body parts that are still working, functioning and fully feeling good. Do you think that your mind can focus on any of those? It is like that throbbing toe is just like it's the center of the universe and nothing else exists. So it's almost like innately we want to just focus on the pain, focus on the hurt with everything we have, but we do it in neglect of all that's right. And, and honestly, even in that moment with a physical pain, if you can focus on an area and a region in your body that's feeling good, like like go into a meditation and find the part in your body that feels good. Like everything about it, it's the most comfortable spot in your whole body. It's like it's on clouds. It's not really, it's not giving you any discomfort. It's almost like an unawareness. It feels so good. So focus on that and then try to give it a color. Give it um, some type of, like visual that you can like see it and then watch it expand almost like a gassy cloud, right? See that feeling expand through your whole body. Let that color, let that um, experience fill all the other parts. And when you get to that toe, let it wash over it, that good feeling and watch what happens. I think you'll be surprised that your mind can dull your own pain experience. Because let's not forget what the nervous system is, guys. Like, there's a whole brain in there, right? Well, I mean, the nervous system brain is sort of the center point. But you know what I'm saying. Like, it's it's got its own feeling and awareness. And, like, um, there it re responds to the cues of the thoughts. It responds to what you're telling it to do. Because think about it this way. It's like you are the creator of what's going on, this inner experience in your body. Um, it's like you're the one at the wheel or the, um, like standing there with all the controls in your hand. You know what I mean? Like you are the one that can crank up the volume on certain things or, you know, dial something back or, um, you have that control. And I think a lot of people give away their control and don't believe it's within their grasp 
they think that it's just like they're victim to whatever happens. But if it maybe this is just, you know, the health part of me. I've done years of work in this area of pain reduction and and I'll tell you right now, those with a positive mindset and belief that it's going to be fine or it's going to be a a minor thing versus people who really hang on to like this is me. Like if you ever listen to somebody talk about their health, notice where they put it in a sentence. So somebody who has MS, right? They might say, hey, you know, I'm Susie. Oh yeah, I've had MS since I was little or whatever. Or somebody who says like, yeah, I'm a mom, I'm a this, I'm a that. Um, and yeah, I got MS when I was whatever. And it's like at the end of the sentence. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but even in like advocacy stuff, they, they changed it around. So it's no longer like um, a person an autistic person. It's a person with autism. I'll make sure I said that right. You know what I'm saying? Like put the person first. It's not the disease first. And so a lot of people identify themselves as a cancer victim, as a diabetic, as a, um, you know, whatever it is, you know, that's, it's like their title. And what we want to do is we want to make that just a symptom and a a curable symptom, and a small thing. And it's not identifying you, and it's not driving your path. Um, And when that toe is throbbing and red and hurting, and you're, it's hard to distract your attention away from something that is screaming like that at you, unless you recognize your power in that to be able to go inward Find an area that feels the opposite. It feels so beautiful and good. Even in that moment when that pain is screaming at you, find that good area and then bring that into the area that's screaming. You know, I mean, listen, sometimes our body's cueing us and that pain message is there for a reason because if someone's standing on your toe, you want to be notified. Oops, sorry guys, if this is driving me crazy, my cord, I keep kicking it. Um, You know, it wants to make you aware that that pain is a message and it's saying change this circumstance because damage could happen. The blood flow is getting cut off. Um, you're bruising the bone. Whatever it is, it's, it's sending the pain message to tell you to change the circumstance. But there are other times where you've already stubbed it, slammed it off the wall. No one's standing on it. But you have done something to it. And now that pain message doesn't need to be screaming at you. If anything, you want to dull it out so that you can then go to the freezer, grab some ice, so that you can get the Band-Aid, whatever it is. Like you can't just be frozen and stuck and I can't deal with this. I can't put pressure on it. I can't do anything. Um, And so we want to quiet down that message because there's no value to it. Does that make sense? Um, but it is so hard, guys, when pain is screaming. So whether it be emotional or physical pain, when it is screaming and yelling, and trust me, there's a gif that I just love with Leonardo DiCaprio that says it hurts, and he's kind of slamming his head back and forth. Uh, I can't remember the movie that it was from, but I do remember, um, man, the emotion in that gif. Every time I'm feeling at my worst, it's like, it's the gift I want to use because it's what my inside is screaming. <laughs> you know, emotional pain oh, can be so much more painful than physical pain. And so when you're in that space, 
it's so hard what I'm telling you. So to get it right with your logical brain now in a moment when you're not having that extreme pain and understand that it's something you can do as a tool can be really helpful because in that moment I could guide you through this and your focus is going to be screaming toe, 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 shut up lady. <laughs> my toe, my toe, my toe. But right now if you can hear this message um, in a place of non-extreme pain and even for the grieving, even for the um, people who've been through hard, hard traumas, like when it's quiet is a great time to really try this and see if you can get a hold of it. But um, it's powerful. Of course it's powerful because you're finding the opposing experience in your body and then you're like ramping it up and bringing it to a place where it really needs it. It's like bringing somebody with sunshine and light into a room of really depressed, angry people. You know, it just has an impact around it. And... I mean, listen, this is how I live my life. I want to be that ray of light that walks into a room. I'm really, I'm kind of over the just walking into a space of people who are down and out and just joining in on the complain session. That's not for me. Um, it probably was at some point in my life. I think we've all been victim to that where like you, you can might come into a space in great energy and then before you know it, like everybody else who's like the Eeyores, <laughs> all of a sudden they're bringing you down. And you're like, whoa, what? what on earth? Like I had such a good vibe coming into this and now why do I feel like this? Well, it's because we're all one in a sense, you know, and really everybody else's experience and energy level highly affects those around them. So, you know, I, I used to talk about this in the first season, but you got to be careful who you spend your most time with because the three people closest to you, that is who you will become. That's the energy that you will take on and you will become the most like the three people closest to you. So evaluate them. And trust me, I'm, I'm well aware that my French bulldog is at the top of that list. I spend so much time with him and he's goofy and he's lazy and he's, you know, uh, but he's all loving. And so I'm like, well, if I'm gonna end up like him, I guess there are worse things, but I do have to be careful. I look at all of his lowest points, like the lazy stuff, and I try to make sure I don't fall into that category because I'm spending too much time with him. Like if you can observe the worst parts of the three people closest to you, and then make a, a conscious effort to make sure you're not absorbing that energy. That's a powerful tool. <laughs> um, so yeah, anytime it's like me and him for a day, I have to be careful. It's true. Like I will want to just cuddle up with him on the couch because I'm in his lazy experience. It does bleed out. So um, on those days, I try to make sure I'm doing my exercise on those days. I try to make sure I'm doing things that are a little more active just to counteract it. It's funny, but it's true. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I've definitely had to adjust some of the people I spend my most time with at times in my life. It's hard, especially if they're people you love. But but if you can recognize that you love them, but they bring you down every time, uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm all about like, let's raise each other up. And if um, and if your positive energy is not having that effect over them and bringing them up to your level, but instead the opposite's happening. And every time you're in there. Um, space you're getting brought down, then really reevaluate whether it's the best thing for you or spend more time with someone else, which will, like I said, kind of push them out of the top three department and maybe that'll help because <laughs> I don't cut people out of my life just because of that, but I do tend to time manage it better now, you know, versus spending so much time with them or always answering the phone when they call. Like I'm very aware of how often I allow it in, you know what I mean? 
<laughs> Got to keep these scales balanced, guys. So, oh gosh, it's already 20 minutes in. All right, quick break, and I'll be right back after a, a brief uh, commercial. So I was talking in today's episode about my free Facebook group for grieving soulmates. And if that's something that spoke to you and you wanted to grab the link to join, I will drop it in today's podcast description. The group is a um, group that requires me to admit you in. So um, I'm trying to catch up. I'm way behind. Oh, I said that last week too. Um, (laughs) Or two weeks ago, maybe even. But uh, I'll get better at it. I will. Um, But anyway, you can always drop me an email as well if I'm not letting you in and you want in. Um, But anyway, it is a wonderful supportive group. There is free coaching inside and just a an enormous amount of love and support from other people going through similar trials. So anyway, if that's something that speaks to you, check out the podcast description, grab the link to join, give me a little kick in my butt if I don't let you in when you've asked. Um, I'm always all for my amazing podcast listeners and making sure that I give you a top priority. So anyway, yeah, give me the push if you need to. I'll drop my email in the description as well today. All right, guys, right back to the show. I can't help but be reminded about my What You Water Grows episode. I think that's what I called it. I don't know. (laughs) That concept, though, that we've all heard by now, I'm sure, um, of what you're giving your time and attention to and how that's the stuff that really just gets bigger in your life. And this episode ties right in with that because, you know, it really is about where your brain goes when things go wrong. And... I'm not here to judge because I think we've just all had those moments where it all comes crashing down. And if you've ever hit your knees in a moment of prayer or just in a moment of like defeat, I know you know this feeling and I know you know how hard it will be to hear these words that I'm saying to you today in those moments because those are the moments usually when we want to shove everybody away. You know what I mean? We want to be alone in it. We are angry. We are defeated we just feel broken and when you feel those experiences it's really hard to accept support it's really hard to see that there's a bright side or any other way of looking at things I have people argue all the time that there was just no silver lining on their bad experience you just don't know my experience like I hear people talking back and forth with their family members when they go through hard things with those types of words and the thing is, what we have to remember is they might not know your pain because, you know, it's it's a similar thing, but a totally different ocean usually, or one person's on the rough ocean and the other person's cruising down a little lazy river. Um, but if we can remember that every person in this life, I mean, maybe not every, I think there's somebody out there that's just so blessed that it doesn't happen, but I think of... Jesus Christ himself, you know, got nailed to a cross. So anyway, all I'm saying is that I think every person will eventually hit that bottom. And even if the bottom of theirs is not as deep and dark as yours, most of us can relate on some level to that feeling of despair and just utter defeat. So try not to shove people away when they try to come at you with words of hurt that are like, you don't understand what I'm going through. Um, You don't know this pain because you don't know theirs either. You know, I've been amazed at some of the brightest lights that I know. 
And then when I hear their story, I'm like, wait, what? I didn't even know that part of your story. I thought I knew you. And now I'm finding out that not only did you lose your person, but they weren't, you weren't even married yet. They were just your fiance. You never got to experience the actual marriage. You lost them when you were just engaged. Wait a minute. And you didn't just lose them. They committed suicide. What? Like, and when, when you hear these layers of a story and you see the strength in that person and you see the light shining from them, you know that people with really dark, dark stories can still be incredible souls who don't stop. They don't pause. They keep going. How can I raise other people up? How can I make something good out of this crap situation? How can I make this not be my story of, you know, just this is how everything turned dark, you know? But how the heck do I make this a success story? How do I rise from these ashes in this Phoenix moment of like blazing glory? (laughs) You know, how do I come out of this better, stronger and impact others so this isn't their story? This doesn't happen to them or their loved ones. This is like, there's gotta be a way. This had to have happened to me for a reason. You know, how can I spread my story? even though it's embarrassing, even though it's hard, you know, when people are willing to share their own stories of addiction, um, disorders, whatever it is, and they're willing to just say, hey, like, this is me, I'm autistic, this is me, I'm ADHD, this is me, Um, you know, I struggled with an eating disorder for years, this is me, and I'm somebody who, you know, tried to take my life three times, or I do this cutting thing to deal with my pain, or I have... Um, stress and anxiety or, you know, and I have to see a therapist for it. When people own that stuff publicly, you are standing in front of a powerhouse. You're standing in front of somebody who is not afraid to expose their own bleeding wounds to help you, to help the next person, to find some type of way to make their bad experience into someone else's positive one. So don't Don't shove people away when they want to come at you. You don't always know their story. You might think you know their story. They might never have shared their darkest moments with you, you know, and some people's stuff is dark. I don't like the, I never imagined getting into this grief world, the stories I'd have to hear. And I consider myself an empath, somebody who like emotionally takes on other people. I can't hear a story and really separate all that well. Like, that is a very, I have to stay grounded and I work really hard at that, not letting my energy go there. Um, but anyway, that's a whole separate story. But for me, like this grief world, I had no idea what I was stepping into. I just knew I needed to do it. I knew I was being called to do it. I knew I kept being asked to do it. And I never imagined, I knew it in my mind, like you're entering a world where now, even if you move, move past these phases of your own grief, you might be forced to keep confronting it over and over again to help other people who are still in it. But I had no idea of the stories I'd hear. You know, the Sandy Hook people, the people who have had been oh, lost their children. See, I'm going to get emotional and cry here. I don't want to, but because the stories I've heard have, I like, if, I, if you were to see my heart, I feel like it's got scars on it from the things that I've heard. And they're such awful stories and yet still you wouldn't even know it to meet some of these individuals they are amazing so if you guys are listening by the way and i'm telling your story because i know i have a few listeners who are also in my my groups who 
um, you might be like, oh, you're telling my story. I don't know if I am or I'm not. There's a lot of stories that align, like that several people have that same story. So I don't know if I'm telling yours or not, someone else's, but boy, any one of you who've been through it, I just admire you. I really do. And I never look at it like a spectrum either. I don't tend to see like, well, my grief falls here, but this person's was worse. So it's here. And it's not that all of us, you know, the level of love we had for our people, that's what connects us. Um, and then having that sort of torn away. And I, today's episode is really to empower you to know that even those hard hits, the worst of the worst, you know, there's just, I'm never going to tell you guys that there's always a reason everything happens, but I will always tell you that there is always something that you can still have gratitude around, that you can still find joy in. There's no such thing as a dark room that doesn't have the ability to be lit, in other words. You know, it just might be that someone blew out your candle, your battery died on your flashlight, you know, you can't find the switch, but it doesn't mean that in an instant, just like that, you know, that someone else could walk in with their candle lit, hold your hand until you're finding that crack in the door again or whatever it is. Like, I just think that giving up and being like this, it's too dark. Like there's no way out. It's, it's like this defeat feeling that, um, if you allow it will take over not just your past, what you've been through, but it's going to take over your present and your future. So when I think of the dark things that happen, if you think of it in terms of like the devil, the whatever, like that's, a, I mean, whether you're religious or not, but like these awful hits, it's like, do you really want to give power to that darkness to not just have your past, but now you're going to give it your present and your future? Because I think when I think of it as that, like as this dark thing that wants to take everything I have and it's already taken my past, I'm darn well not going to give it my current situation and future. Why am I struggling so much this episode to keep this so that <laughs> it's not explicit? Like my mouth, I want to swear. But like, yeah, because it's frustrating. Like you've, it already stole so much from you. So don't give into the darkness. Stay focused on the light. And when the light goes out, do not believe for one second that you're alone in the dark. So guess what? If they, no matter what, when you go totally dark, if you truly believe, now for me it's faith because I always know God's there with me, but no matter what, I also know I have this supportive corner and buffer of friends, family, loved ones, you know, and don't go into the whole terror on all the people who've never been there for you. Think about the one maybe that did show up, you know, and even if it's a dog, if it's whatever, like just imagine whatever it is that you found. And for some people, they're like, no, everyone has always failed me. Well, then what hasn't? Your music, your painting, your creative like outlet or your passion for soccer. I don't know. But whatever it is that's never failed you or whoever it is or what, just remember it's in the dark with you. So if you can remember that, I feel like it's, it's the thing that helps you to realize that you're never alone. There's always a way out. And that if there's someone else in there with you, your flashlight might be out, but their candle might be lit. 
You know what I mean? Like whatever it is that you feel has gone totally dark for you, this person might have the capacity to help you through this dark part. Don't be afraid to lean on others. Don't be afraid to say, hey, this is a bit much for me right now. I don't think I can do this alone. Like, get your pride out of the way and reach out when you need to reach out. Because once you can embrace that there is something or even just a hand to hold through the dark. Gosh, like maybe both of you have lost your batteries. Both of you have had your candles blown out. It's a windy day, right? So it's still a hand to hold so that you're not by yourself in the dark room. And you can accomplish a whole lot more looking around and trying to find a way when you're doing it with someone else. So use that. Use the tools you have. Use the just belief in the fact that like together we can do this, we can accomplish this, start searching for the light. And as soon as you start looking, this is what's happened to me every time. As soon as I start looking, it is like such a brief moment until I find that light. It feels like you'll never find it. It feels like I'm going to be on this pile on the floor crying my eyes out for the next 10 years until I say the prayer, hit my knees, like start searching desperately for anything that can get me out of this moment. Call a friend, do whatever, eat something that's delicious, <laughs> like go exercise, get some, you know, play some piano, whatever I do to like get my head right. Like as soon as I start searching for the solution, all of a sudden that darkness has a very, very short window. Um, it's as though I just like condensed it down and, and it doesn't have the it's like it's no longer being watered. It just no longer has the capacity to keep going. And so it fizzles out fast. And so then you are taking back your present and your future. And don't think too far ahead because I'm telling you right now, when you start thinking like, yeah, but I'm going to have to do X, Y, and Z without my person, or I'm going to have to do this without, you know, now that I lost my job, without the finances, and how am I going to, you're already spiraling right back into that dark room. You're not even, like you just gave yourself a hot second in the light and now you're already worried about falling back into the dark and guess what that does it brings you right back to that room so stay in the light stay in that very present moment doing the thing that's bringing you joy doing the whatever it is that can keep you in just a better space for the moment and enjoy it appreciate it speak words of being appreciative for it I will start to say it out loud all the time now like thank you god for this like I'm so grateful that I found this outlet like it's so good and then more things will be brought to you that will give you that when you can show gratitude. But people think gratitude is just like hokey, <laughs> spiritually sounding, I don't know. Because everybody talks about these gratitude journals. Sometimes the cliche stuff around it makes you want to eye roll when someone's like, oh, start writing it down, write down your thoughts. Listen, there's some validity to this. Um, if you've never read the secret series, you should. Um, just a little nod to that because it really, it took gratitude to a different place for me, but gratitude stuff is so important because it immediately raises your vibrational energy to a place where you're attracting more of it. Who doesn't want that? And it is a graspable, is that a word? <laughs> uh, attainable. No, I think graspable is what I want to go with. I'm going with it. I don't care if it's a word. Um, it is now it, it, it's in my vocabulary um, because if you're reaching for joy and ecstasy and all these other very in love these high level vibrations from a point of darkness they will feel unachievable uh, I was saying this inside my client group the other day that like if you are shooting for the peak of the mountain 
and you're missing all of the stuff between, it's like, whoa, how are you expect to get there from here? You know what I mean? So, so the key is to just, <clears throat> sorry, I had to clear my throat. I can't believe that I'm still losing my voice after all these weeks. Ugh, too much talking. <laughs> but um, anyway, so the key is that stop reaching for bumping all the way from like pure depression to joy and then wondering why am I not getting there? Everyone else is. Well, it's because they didn't shoot for joy. You know, maybe they made their way from like depression to anger to like defeat to like, you know, I mean like slowly up the like, maybe, you know, cause like some of the things at the bottom, guilt, shame are so low and dark. You can't then shoot for ecstasy. It's like, what? No. Like you gotta take the rungs of the ladder in between on that mountain hike. You've gotta climb one step at a time because it's too much. It's just too much. So the way I, the reason I love gratitude so much is it's an experience that even in your darkest state, it's a positive experience that is easily graspable. <laughs> it is, um, why do I sound echoey all of a sudden? Sorry, guys. Um, but it's something that you can still... How do I even explain it? It's just in any person's life at any given moment, I think most people can find at least something to be grateful for. I just broke my leg. Well, I've got another one that works. I've got, you know what I mean? Or it's not going to have to get amputated. There's always something like, not to say like, oh, there's always someone who has a worse situation and we should be focused on people or situations that could be worse, but there's almost always something to be grateful for. You know, like the egg situation. There was still eggs in there that I could use. I focused on what I could be grateful for. Gratitude is much easier. I mean, in that moment, could I go from like anger and frustration or whatever and then bump up to be like, oh, this is so great. Look, I've got that. No, that's weird. <laughs> You're not going to go into a joyful state from something bad that just happened. But you could very well step into gratitude and go, well, I'm grateful that I still got six more. That's actually all I needed. So I'm grateful. Now that energetic step up the ladder brought me to the place of joy, you know, probably within the next half hour, I was already experiencing joy again. But I couldn't expect to have like a moment of big laughter with my kids and like a good high moment when I had just come from something that was so low and like, you know what I mean? No, that's not even that low. <laughs> but hold on a second. I'm going to try to get rid of this echo. Okay. Is that better? <laughs> What's the deal with microphones? Sometimes things just get wonky anyway. Um, but yeah, so I think that's how you can use gratitude to your advantage. Um, and I just think that I want you guys to walk away from today's episode just feeling like you do have a little tool in your toolbox. You know, use the visualization tool by adding color and, and seeing those good feelings spreading throughout your inner body. Now that was a, a tool I gave you for physical pain, but you can use it for emotional too. You know, even when you're having like a really emotional moment, if there's a part, like focus, like do a meditation where you're focused inside your internal body. This is a hard thing for some people to get used to. But try to feel that inner experience. Is there a part of your body that actually feels pretty good? Like, you know, right at my like center, my core, I actually feel pretty peaceful and calm. 
or like, you know, my shoulders feel tight and, you know, I feel in the back of my throat this sort of bad feeling. But boy, if I drop down into my pelvis, like that feels like things in there feel pretty good and calm. Like let that be the area. What color does it have then? What is that color versus the area that felt really icky? You know, so if it's like, oh, it felt kind of like like black or red or whatever in my throat, but like my pelvis feels really good and it's like a, a gold color. Okay, great. Let's take that gold color and and let it infuse up into that other area. Let it paint it and like see that visualization. That's how you can use a visualization tool to just get rid of some of the emotional turmoil inside you. <laughs> um, and it doesn't hurt in in those moments to also maybe... Well, I always call them back pocket memories, but take a memory that is a positive one that always lightens your mood, always brings you up and maybe think about that, allow that to sort of wash over you as well. But um, I just wanted, none of this is mental health uh, treatments, guys, or anything like that. This is just some tools that have worked for me that I wanted to share and let you know, spreading the love (laughs) and letting you guys know that uh, you're not alone out there. There's always a light in the dark and I want you to reach for it. Always reach for the switch. Always know when you're at your limits and you need a little something else. And, you know, don't don't give in to that darkness and give it your tomorrow. But anyway, guys, I will see you next week. I'm so grateful for your continued support. All the people showing up from all over the world um, to listen to what I have to say. So much love for you all and blessings. All right, guys. See you next week. <laughs>